the fire. Canceling our differences, you know, rather than seeking to understand one another, help one another, or honor one another is wrong. I mean, it's wrong, period. It's the wrong direction. It shuts down communication. It shuts doors to understanding. It further divides us. It honors no one. It levies restrictions and empowers a few through propaganda to enable a minority to control the majority by using shame and emotions. Hitler used it. Franklin Roosevelt used it. We need to push back. Cancel and cancel culture is the return to normalcy that will bless us all if we just have the courage to do it. Welcome to Through the Fire, Cutting Through the Passions, Clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. The doctors are in. Hello, hello, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. And this is Through the Fire. Through the fire. Mm-hmm. How are you doing today? Well, it's been crazy, you know, back and forth. Uh, life is getting back to normal to some degree, but uh, uh, I don't know. It's just crazy out there right now still. Yeah, and don't we say that? I think you Every say time. crazy or I say it's crazy. I think, yeah. <laughs> well, you're trying were... to get back to you know, some normalcy where, you know, you just go about your day, go about your business. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so right now one of the things that we, you and I have been really, really grappling with is this uh, cancel culture. Right. The things that have been involved personally, professionally, and then just in the community and throughout the nation, right? I think so, yeah, because it's so vitriolic and so negative, but it's also threatening, you know, and that's just not a good thing. Right. Threatening on, on multiple levels. Multiple levels, yeah. yeah. And it makes people fearful to speak up and to push mm-hmm. back on it. But I really do think, I mean, you and I have talked about this a lot, that it's really time to cancel the cancel culture. I think so. Yeah. Um, so where, you know, you and I, we try to make sense of what's going on in the world around us through this, you know, through the FIRE podcast, right? We try to present a biblical moral perspective mm-hmm. where we're trying to create a gracious culture of honor, love and compassion by bringing our best to the table, right? Yeah, I think so. And, yeah. and, and our best in service to others. And, and I, I should also say, even to, to those with whom we disagree. Right. Mm-hmm. Specifically so, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so we're trying also, you know, by doing that, being gracious, we're trying to listen well, trying to understand well, mm-hmm. trying to open up dialogue, trying to uh, listen as well as to present our perspective if, if, if it's different. But it's not because we're trying to win an argument. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You, you've actually taught me this because early on in my, in my pastoral work, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times I just thought saying the right things or, or trying to do the right things would be enough. And then you found out that people really needed to know, do, why are you saying this to me? And so that mm-hmm. sensitivity, that openness to really mm-hmm. just hear people where they are. And over time, I think I've become much better at that. Oh, you, know? you definitely have. Be, you know, I was always trying to serve people. It was uh, never uh, yes. like, but now you start to realize sometimes they don't even hear what you're saying because they don't understand why you're saying it the way you do, and they don't really trust that you really care. So we work really hard on those things. Right, but I think it's also, you know, why they need to be heard too. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes people's ears are not opened if they haven't been heard themselves. But that's why the cancel culture is so dangerous, because they don't listen, period. Right. So, you know, for us, especially like in this podcast, we invite people to give us feedback, Mm -hmm. you know, and hopefully gently if they're (laughs) they're disagreeable with us, right? Right, because, you know, we're supposed to display our relationship to God Mm -hmm. in all we do. And so even in the dialogues that we're having, you know, we want to befriend people the way that God befriends and loves us. Mm 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, this, I have to say, is getting harder to practice in reality today because it seems that people want to cancel anything that offends them right. or that they don't seem to believe is fitful for the culture, right? So right. the cancel culture is the opposite of a gracious culture. I believe it is. Yeah. And all of us that are trying to practice this or who are fervently religious and even those who are not should all be a part of wanting to be, a, a, you know, exist and create a graceful culture where we treat each other respectfully and kindly. I, I like how you said that, you know, a gracious culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you're not religious, it's much better to live in a gracious culture. I think that's something that uh, we need to kind of maybe talk more about in the days to come too. But, you know, oftentimes the biblical view of things is seen as cancel culture. You know, a lot of times people think, well, if you believe the Bible, you're a cancel culture person of your own. And I think many secular people have that view of the Bible as if the Ten Commandments is all the Bible is all about. And, and they want their own commandments. Uh, you know, they want their own no's and yeses. Uh, actually, they only want yes, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but see, uh, people need to understand that misses the whole point of the Bible. The Bible isn't about canceling us. It's about God's gracious redeeming of all of us because we all are sinful and broken, and the Ten Commandments doesn't make us better. Only God does. So mm-hmm. the point is, uh, if all you want to do is start canceling people, eventually you're going to get canceled too. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's sinful in need of grace. Except me. <laughs> Be careful now. Be careful now. <laughs> no, but, okay. but, but being serious. I mean, mm-hmm. being gracious, by the way, doesn't mean that I'm always going to agree with something that, you know, no, with everything no, no. somebody says. Right. You know, Lord knows that, like recently we just had in our home, and uh, that if we get a bunch of different people in a room, we're going to have a lot of different opinions. And these were people that all loved each other, but yeah, they're from abs- all over the place, right. all different parts of the country and the world even. Right. And so what it means, though, really, is that we learn to, that you know, it's okay to disagree Mm -hmm. and to do so compassionately in a way that honors the very best in us and tries to keep at bay the worst of us that's in us. Right. And I think that's why it's so distressing to continually read about this growing, what I call, and I've been calling it secular puritanism. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's another way of saying cancel culture. Um, I, you know, I just don't know where it comes from, this confidence to, to eliminate things from our culture. This is a quote from a guy. He says, the confidence to bleach our culture from its religious moral roots or at best its very uh, virtuous aspirations. You know, so having moral direction and virtuous aspirations doesn't make us goody-goodies. We're just in need of grace and graciousness as others. But, but cancel culture thinks that by canceling those with whom they disagree, somehow that's going to become the best way to be, the best we can be. I, I just don't... I don't get how they they think that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. even if you want to get back to like, uh, well, what's your proof about this? Last century was a secular century. You know, mm-hmm. think about just data here. You know, we had huge political movements that were supposed to create secular utopias, and they created dictatorships and tyranny and bloodshed. Um, and that's why I said I, I, I love that quote that talked about bleaching religious devotion out of whatever remains to our culture uh, is only going to hand on our to our children in school uh, something that is not clean and pure but blank and, and void. void. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I think that's where we're heading with a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And people, I don't think, I don't think they realize that the destructive, you know, dismantling force can start with things that appear to be small, right? right. So, but soon, you know, that it gets out of control with no way to stop, you know, that un- uncivil power. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just learned uh, recently here that Dr. Seuss, is, uh, some of his books are <laughs> yeah. being canceled. I was wondering if you were going to bring that up. Yes. Yeah. I mean, at least some of his books are being canceled. Yeah, I mean, and that's we, not and okay. we're not arguing that all of his stuff was canceled. But it, what happened was as soon as some of his books were canceled, some teachers said, well, then we won't read any. Right. So it even works, even if you only cancel a few, 
uh, people then just say, well, since that one's already got some problems, let's just get rid of all of his stuff. Right. And you're not sensitive and yeah. respectful of people's feelings if you decide you want to continue reading his books. And that, right. So it's become so judgmental. Well, right? and I love when one, but, one group of people thinks they can speak for everybody, too. Right. So mm-hmm. that's one of the, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a great segue into what I wanted to, the point I wanted to make right now. Mm-hmm. So some of, um, you know, the Warner Brothers cartoon characters are also being selectively canceled <laughs> out, right? I about that. It, it's, it's ridiculous. And it's, they're being um, canceled because they're, supposedly they represent uh, racist or culturally offensive views. So what I'm really glad about, as, as the listeners may or may not know, is I'm Hispanic. The Hispanic community actually pushed back on this and said, no, we want Speedy Gonzalez no. to, to remain on air. We're not offended by him. And, and you know, so you have the Hispanics saying, don't tell us we're supposed to be offended. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, you know, so, you know, I'm really glad that sometimes people are starting to push back. You don't often see the Hispanic community pushing back. We're, mm-hmm. We tend to be more quiet and and in the backgrounds. And I'm glad to see that we have, you know, the, uh, a lot of people now organizing to to push forward and, and say no, you know, against some of these restrictive practices being, you know, enacted. So right back to Dr. Seuss. Okay. It's disappointing to me that this whimsical and magical story characters are not going to be available like they were before. I saw that McElligot's pool was on there. And to think what I saw it on Mulberry Street was or, you know, two of the six that have so far been canceled. Right. And I mean, those are some of my most favorite and they're being washed away. Well, and again, like I said, for those of you who might say, well, there were some things in there that should have been dealt with. Uh, again, our point is, is who's going? are we going to elect uh, a few people that are going to suddenly, you know, whitewash our whole culture according to their particular norms? Is that the kind of place you want to live in? Mm-hmm. I mean, golly. So Dr. Seuss no longer being on the loose. Um, you know, again, like I said, people are saying, well, then we won't read any of his stuff. And, and he actually was quite a liberal voice out there. People mm-hmm. don't realize he wasn't a conservative voice by any means. So, But now his political and social views, which were in the middle, now suddenly there's this secular solvent that's going to wash him away. And if you're a cancel culture warrior, eventually all of us must be canceled because all of us are sinful and broken. So if we're really saying, look, if you just if your if your goal is to merely point out our brokenness or worst, seek to cancel those with that are broken, uh, to me that's the most cruel way of doing things of all. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I want I was reading about Dr. Seuss. The more I, this came to the media about canceling his books, and you know, on in all honesty, some of his early books were kind of questioning the Japanese. But you have mm-hmm. to look at take it into context. Remember the context it was of beca- that too. That's right. We have to look at the time and the context and the war. And people were suspicious, and just like people were suspicious at one time of the Germans during the war. Yeah, these are just mm-hmm. things that. And I'm German, so we, you know, we had to actually fight. The, the German nation to prove we were good Americans. Right. And, and there was but a as reason time to passed, he, you know, he was not a racist. It was just, there was fear. And sometimes people have fear. And, and you know, he, he illustrated some of this in the books, but he, he wouldn't have done that today. Or, you know, I don't know. I just think. But to, again, that's what the First Amendment is all about. Is, is being able to hear people speaking, you know, from their heart in a mm-hmm. way that you can honor them. Right. And, and even if you disagree with them. Right. And the cancel culture says, no, we're not going to do that. Right. So, um, Greg, you've also been talking about, you know, lately that you're worried that politics is becoming the place, mm-hmm. right? The place where all differences in, of opinion must be solved. And that's particularly troubling to you, isn't it? Yeah, because uh, that's the last place you want all these personal issues to be resolved. Um, 
you know, we need to strive to become people who can talk with each other across the fence, in the neighborhood. We need to be able to strive to live virtuous lives, uh, even though we are sinful and broken like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And when these differences arise, um, the government is not the place. It's a hammer looking for a nail. It's a coercive organization. You want free people to learn how to love each other or care for each other freely. So that's where I think the church is, the free associations, the free gathering of people, the neighborhoods. That's the places where these kind of things should be solved, where you learn to love and care for each other, even when you might be un, you know, uncomfortable with each other at first. So politics is about fair rules for all, but it should be the absolute last barrier uh, to resolve our worst tendencies. Everything else needs to be negotiated among free people um, who are just mm-hmm. trying to be virtuous neighbors, mm-hmm. period. So mm-hmm. I think that I'm, I'm getting nervous because the government it was, is not designed to do that well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and our founding fathers, actually, that's what they thought, too. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'd much rather live freely um, as a good neighbor to others, even if we disagree. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the spirit of another article we read this past week about um, Alan Dershowitz. Mm -hmm. And Dershowitz, by the way, he describes himself as a secular Jew Mm -hmm. and a constitutional lawyer and criminal defense lawyer and a member of the Democratic Party. And what he's done in this article is he's calling all of us, the people on the right, the people on the left, the people in the center, to cancel the cancel culture. Because he says, you know, there are voices on each side, right, left, right, and in between (laughs) that are beginning to say this isn't the way that we want to live in a free society. In a free society. Yeah, and he says, and I'm going to quote here. Let me find this. I hope all Americans wake up to this. We need both the right, the left, and also the center to stand united against censorship, against cancel culture, and in favor of the marketplace of ideas. Yeah, we need to get back to mm-hmm. that. Um, we have the right to flip the channel if we don't like what's on Newsmax. Change the channel, but don't tell the carriers, the satellite carriers, and the cable carriers to deny us the right to watch Newsmax. Mm -hmm. That is wrong. And I have to say, I agree. You know, there were two Democrat senators that were writing some of the um, cable companies and asking them to take off some of the conservative news programs. That's not right. Uh, I just I just think of the uh, First Amendment warriors back in the 60s. And Mm -hmm. now these are the same people telling people to take stuff off. Yeah. And and not allow access. It's right. crazy. Yeah. So, you know, now we can see why the cancel culture, you know, truly isn't a good thing. Mm-hmm. But let's dive more into the why. Okay. okay. There are things that are right and wrong, at least from many perspectives, religious, philosophical. Um, what's wrong with canceling what you think is wrong? Well, I think that's a great question. And I think that's a it way to a really get at that one thing. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, it, because it does show the why about this issue, that the movement, it's powerful. It has a point to it, but it's also destructive. So it's not that it's all wrong. But when you look at its solutions, that's, I think, where you start to begin to realize that it's missing the point and it can be very destructive. So it's got a point to be made. You know, we can aggressively talk about these things. Mm -hmm. But the canceling is not the way to actually solve these things. What do you think? Yeah, I think canceling our differences, you know, rather than seeking to understand one another, help one another or honor one another is wrong. I mean, it's wrong, period. Mm -hmm. It's the wrong direction. It shuts down communication. It shuts doors to understanding. It further divides us. It honors no one. It levies restrictions and empowers a few. You know, most of this, by the way, is done through propaganda, okay? Mm -hmm, And and I learned this all throughout my training, you know, in psychology. 
Um, propaganda is done to enable a minority few to control the majority by using shame and emotions mm-hmm. rather than cognitive skills. Yeah. yeah, rather than cognitive skills to persuade, motivate, and control. Look, Edward Bernay, he, he wrote a book in 1927, well, 28. Yeah, it is. I mean, this is how far back it goes. And it's mm-hmm. called, it's just called propaganda. And he explored the psychology behind manipulating masses and the ability to use symbolic action and propaganda to influence politics, affect social change, and mm-hmm. lobby for gender and racial equality. Hey, these are the things that are being done today. Hitler used it. Franklin Roosevelt used it. Wow. Those are two strange bedfellows there. But, I mean, <laughs> I you hit on so many good things. I, you know, I think, again— But they it, affected big movements. Yeah, so well, absolutely. And I think this yeah. is where the church actually pushes back on these things in a healthy way. Uh, the Bible can help us here. The moral of the structure of the world is something bigger than all of us. It's not just something we contextualize or manipulate. It calls us to be human or humane to one another, even as it calls our hearts to repentance and humility before God. So, you know, even if I— See something amiss in my life or in your life? No, in mine, no way, man. (laughs) So I'm not supposed to say, (laughs) come on, I got to start at home, right? But, you know, but seriously, even if I see something amiss in others, the last thing that should be on my mind is to cancel them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's the wrong solution to a real problem. So, Contra that, the Bible's message is clear, that God of heaven, who has every right to cancel all of us, out of love sent his son to save us. So, again, that's a radically different message, and that's the motivation for trying to overcome our wretchedness or our sinfulness or our struggles and to be a helpmate to others. So, you know, there are other religions and even other philosophies that claim similar motivation, but what we're saying today is the last thing we need is the secular Puritans with government power to cancel all other messages. Right. And again, and that's similar to what Dershowitz is talking about, I think right? so, yeah. I mean, he's talking about maintaining a culture where dialogue can actually exist and people can actually express their deeply held beliefs in discussion with others. I mean, we're definitely losing that, even whenever Dr. Seuss is subjected <laughs> well, to the platform, does it worry, you know? I just want to say about Dr. Seuss, you know, I was, I've was i been talking about some of this stuff for over a year, but it's finally when Dr. Seuss got deplatformed that people got really mad. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is what's well, going to Well, those little characters, you... my know, gosh, they're so I, charming. I okay. Yeah. So, so more on this in a minute, as well as what we can do about it, okay, okay? and how we can manage it and those we care about. But I want to let our listeners know again about our willingness to go deeper on these issues with them if Mm -hmm. they are struggling with ways to handle the issues of the pandemic, issues in relationships or issues at work, or just want another helpful voice in their life. Uh, to be able to accomplish goals that they desire and to live the life that they wish to live, please give us a call at Candescent Counseling and Coaching, or better yet, visit our website at cccc-usa.com. That's cccc-usa.com. You will be blessed as you do. Yes, and and bless us in the process. Like I always <laughs> say, I learn from my clients, and they learn from me, there and it's a, it's a great like exchange. That. It's a privilege, actually. You know, I feel honored. Absolutely. So uh, and there's also great resources on your Washington D.C. website for LCRL. Can you? share those with the people? Yeah, lcrlfreedom.org, lcrlfreedom.org. All kinds of resources, again, how to manage the stuff that's going on in the culture today so that you can be yourself. Right. For the sake of others. Right. And that's really what it's all about. Yeah. And these are factual things. These are not, you know, philosophical. These are actually facts, things that are happening. Yeah. People don't realize that even the stuff we're fighting for, we're just fighting for the freedom to be ourselves in Christ for the sake of others. That's right. what we're fighting for. We're right. not trying to tell people how to live their lives. Right. We're trying to offer these ways of living your life, but it's always done in a persuasive servanthood manner. Right. But to Choice. be canceled... Mm-hmm. We have to fight back against Punished, that. restricted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and that's where we're at. Yeah, shut down. We've been talking about the growing 
really rapidly growing cancel culture in our society. And, you know, I think it's time that we begin to put that spirit back in a bottle or better back in the basement. Yeah, we'll ha see. ha. <laughs> <laughs> Why? But yeah. well, because it eventually will cancel all of us, right? It does. And we can never dialogue honestly or risk offending another person if we're so scared, right? Listen, if we embrace this kind of thinking, there's it's going to breed division. Right, it uh, already is. It is. I mean, there's a division with such um, a ridiculous embracement of safe spaces, a restricted language that we are, we can't say certain words anymore on, on university campuses or, or risk being thrown out, uh, the politically correct use of pronouns, et cetera. You know, this, it's just getting ridiculous. Well, and again, what we're talking about today is then the government power to enforce those codes. Right. And that's that should scare everybody. It should. You know. We're not talking about the kind of speech. We don't want people to, we don't want to offend when we speak. We want to try to be as as caring and and loving and and empowering as we can when we speak. But we don't want to have government officials dictating what we say. Right. What kind of world would that be? Well, listen, hate speech, these people keep talking about and throwing, you know, all they have to do is throw that out. Hate speech, hate speech, right? Mm -hmm. Well, hate speech is already limited under the law. There's nine different categories for it. We don't need to have additional restrictions. Like, you can't use this word. You can't use that word, you know. Right. It's, it's just ridiculous. And I think people need to, to go back and learn about what those nine categories are. I mean, it's, you know, fighting words, defamation, child pornography, perjury, uh, obscenity. Oh, hello. Obscenity. Look who we just awarded Cardi B for her oh my gosh, WAP I mean, song. What, just Disgusting. See what's on TV. Yeah. And you're, yeah. We need to push back. It's time. Well, we, again, what we're saying is that allow us the freedom to, to be otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a good way to do this. So I do think one of the things that we're struggling with is, you know, what are we going to do to overcome this? You know, right. and, and I just say that basically our society is at war with basic truths. Mm-hmm. And so, again, that's one of the reasons why we're really having this, this, this divide. Uh, there's a secular version uh, right. of all the stuff that's out there today. And the question is, and, and I challenge this if you're a secular person, right. um, you're the ones that are saying there is no truth. Right. You're saying there can't be. There is no right and wrong. There's only power. Right. And that's what we we're or talking about. Or they say about. it's your truth or not God's truth, but speak your truth, right. like Oprah just said. But what they're really saying speak is your truth. there really that's isn't That's ridiculous. Any. And then the question is, well, then who gets to decide? Well, the ones who have the most power. Nietzsche, mm-hmm. I don't want to say what Nietzsche said. <laughs> um, but uh, then if that's true, then my discussion about being gentle, kind, understanding, and humble makes no sense to people. And there are people who think that we're weak for this. So mm-hmm. listen- what we're saying is if there are no moral truth or what we're challenging is if there are no moral truths above us, then they're only dominating forces around us. And mm-hmm. I don't understand the modern confidence of the, the leaders of cancel culture because they're not going to care about anybody but themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, last century was a century of basically uh, secular purity. And look at what last century did. Purity. So, you know, it, it was a, it, we're in a blank and void space mm-hmm. uh, in our lives with a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And not just blank and void, but a corrosion, right, that eventually eats uh, at everything that's good, every, anything that's beautiful, kind, merciful, and loving and gracious. And I think that's what's happening. Yeah. yeah. I know that you like to point out the, that political movements of, you know, of the way of thinking, uh, but there are, you know, personal ramifications, too, to thinking that way, right? Right. It's so not just the politics. I no. Get that. So if you don't see another person as a person who was created by God as with an inherent dignity and humanity, 
you know, that that can lead to all kinds of dehumanizing thoughts and actions. And those thoughts and actions may enable power and position for a moment. But the humanity that one sacrifices is huge. And, and I don't th- I don't think we have really factored that in. You know, the concept of humanity in humanness or being humane. Right. I say that these things mean nothing if we're just accidents of history of blind <laughs> biological processes. And, and I remember I wrote an article back in the day on Katrina. And mm-hmm. I just asked people, I said, if you believe in the secularism, then why should we be there helping? Because didn't nature just decide? Mm-hmm. And I said, of course not. You know, we're, we're, people were dying. Human beings were dying. That demanded our response. It demanded our compassion. It demanded that we do something about it. And so there are foundational truths that compel us and others that should repel us. And we got to keep that debate alive. Yeah, we do. We need to make sure that discussion, dialogue, and if it goes to debate, you know, we need to keep that ability to do that for the sake of other people, not not merely ourselves, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I mean you just remind them that, that right ideas keep us going in the right direction. And so cancel culture eventually cancels all of us. So mm-hmm. um, just keep the dialogue going. The anti cancel culture always directs us to be more human to each other, uh, even if we disagree. Um, you know, I, I, like I would say, the Christian worldview changed. Think about this. The Christian worldview, it's such a positive thing, and it directs it us is. forward. Uh, the golden rule before Jesus was don't do to others what you don't want them to do to you. And even that was something that came from another culture in a positive way. Well, Jesus even made it better. He said, do unto others mm-hmm. what you want them to do to you. Become right. even more... Um, direct in your way of serving and caring exactly it's proactive about each other. it's what a, proactive what what a right. what a beautiful thing so the cancel culture actually dismisses the golden rule even mm-hmm. entirely mm-hmm. um cuz there are no rules and so where is that going to lead <laughs> it leads to getting rid of Dr. Seuss. That's right. So, you know, we need to be more committed to the right direction. I right? think so. Uh, talking the talk and walking the walk, right? Mm-hmm. And the first thing that we can commit ourselves to doing is living the way of the anti-cancel culture I think in our personal yeah, lives, first do you think? With your friends and those that you care about. Yeah, you know? we have to. be be be. It's a respectful way of living. Mm-hmm. It's an honest way of living. Mm-hmm. And, and to make that a fundamental foundational way of seeing the issues of the day and the people whom God puts in our lives. And and I do think, you know, I hate to say it, but we're going to have to push back on this in our society, too. Uh, we can't let this moralizing voice dominate our schools, uh, dominate our leaders, and certainly we don't want it in government. I, I can't even imagine the terror that comes with that when the government is behind it. So vote for people who value the First Amendment, its protections, and its responsibilities. You know, vote for people who value religious liberty for all and, and strive to live that way. Um, you know, live as... The golden rule says, you know, do unto others what you'd want them to do to you. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's mm-hmm. a culture I think everyone will enjoy living in. Yeah. And so, I mean, and that way of living has personal benefits, it, too. Absolutely. I mean, so here are some things that I think we can do. And I want you to jump in here, too, okay. what you think of okay. and, 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 you know, response to this discussion today. Right. Um, I think, you know, we all need to realize that now is the time to stand up, first of all. Uh, against the cancel culture. That's why I love Dershowitz's article. Yeah. You know. And, and you know, and he, he, he and himself, I mean, he's very uh, controversial. but And so we can't say that we're in, a, in agreement with him and he's a conservative yeah. I'm just or saying constitutionalist. This, yeah, we agree with him like in this we are. particular mm-hmm. argument, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So right now we need to stand up, first of mm-hmm. all, and, and people of all political persuasion should be on board with this. Let's strive to be humane and civil to each other, first and foremost, and hearing and understanding and, and the world words we use. And and let's also realize that cancel culture is rooted in a, a motivation that 
you know, it is struggling with what is right and wrong, but its solutions and its answers actually compound the problem. Right. And I think that's where we got to really go at this. Uh, there's going to continue to be a raucous debate about the moral nature of what it means to be human, and religion will always be a part of that discussion. Mm-hmm. And we need to keep that tension of the debate alive to continue to, again, keep doing unto others as we would have them do unto us. Right. And today we need to realize that things are not as they should be. Um, mm-hmm. Especially he, in this area. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And even when an innocuous voice like Dr. Seuss is purged out of the culture, right? <laughs> That's when people got animated and speedy about this. and yeah. Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, and, <laughs> exactly. You know, so, you know, we can embrace our humanity, the past, mm-hmm. the present, and the future, right? If we look at each other with the eyes of grace. And I think canceling cancel culture is the return to normalcy that will bless us all if we just have the courage to do it. Or at the least, respectfulness and compassion for one another, um, even in a posture of disagreement. I agree. Right? Yeah, it's good. Good. You you agree. I good. agree. Let's good way there. to end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so remember, there are two kinds of fire in the world. One that burns and consumes. And one that burns and empowers. And may God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire. Till next time, little embers, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. See, See you, you soon. soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media, familyvisionmedia.org.